to the ENC Leadership Podcast. Um, and I want to say thanks to everybody who gives comments and uh, shares what, what they're learning from it. it you, I can't tell you how much it encourages me and the team that's behind this um, who's helping us prepare for these things because it helps us know that you know these messages are really benefiting some people. And uh, you know, before we get anywhere, we want to thank everyone who participated in the Leadership Podcast giveaway. We've posted the winners already in our Instagram account at ENC Leaders PH. So you can go ahead, check out that post to see who won and also how to get your own Kindle copy of the book, The Leader's Journey by Jim Harrington uh, and you know two other authors. I'm sorry, I don't have their names right now. But yes, congratulations to those people and thank you for all of you who shared. Um, speaking of sharing and commenting, I heard a lot of great feedback from people about the, the episode 19, I think, uh, why are you still leading? And the simple answer that, that you know, resonated with me in doing this and with many of the people who listened to it was simply, I, I don't have a choice. I'm called by God to lead. What else am I supposed to do? And just acknowledging that and knowing, and it, it's almost like you're looking across the room at somebody else who also feels the call of God and just, yeah, you get it. You feel it too. I feel it too. And that encourages me to know that as well. And that's what we want to talk about today, the flip side of that argument or, or that statement. Because in some ways, yes, the leader is stuck, bound by calling, bound to service. You know, like we've talked about several times here, we're, we, we serve. And so we almost have no choice. We almost, we give up so much of our rights. And that's true. You know, we're called to lead a certain way, especially as believers, as followers of Jesus. So we're not as free as other people are. You know, when others quit, we stay. When others backbite, you confront directly. When others give full vent to their anger, you bring it up to God first and then look for a way to stay calm and reconcile. So in some ways, leadership does mean being less free than others seem to be. But today, I want to balance out that idea. And actually, when we see both sides of these things, we realize, yes, in some ways, yes, I, I'm less free. But in many ways, as a follower of Jesus, I am also more free. I have freedoms and abilities and choices that people who aren't followers of Jesus don't have. My basic premise for today is that leaders are those who are free to do what is difficult to do. And Jesus set us free to do that. Leaders are those who can make the choices that others look at and say, well, I can't, I'm stuck. I've got these habits. I've got these circumstances. I can't make that choice. And whoever can make that choice, the choice to serve, who has the freedom to do that, that's the leader. A few verses here to talk about Jesus setting us free to, to, to live an abundant life. John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I came, Jesus is saying, that they may have life and have it abundantly. Very often, the typical um, media depiction of, of our faith is that it's, it's to restrict you, to limit you. Lahat ng masarap, bawal. Lahat ng masaya, kasalanan pala. No, it's the sin that's restricting us, that wants to swallow us up. And Jesus is saying, I've actually come to give you an abundant life. And part of an abundant life is being able to choose a different way of living that we wouldn't have been able to choose apart from Him without His grace. Galatians 5 verse 1, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. And in this text, you know, Paul is talking to this church who's 
being so legalistic. They're stuck to the rules, to their special occasions and events to, to observe. And Paul is saying, what are you doing that for? Because if you're not doing that from the heart, if that's not coming from a conviction that God has set me free, then you're just being subject to slavery again. Christ died to set you free. We have freedoms. Let me read another set of verses that really juxtapose the two ideas of being a slave and also being free at the same time. Romans 6, 17 to 18 says, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. Wow. I was set free to be a slave. It says, before Jesus, we were slaves of sin. We had no choice but to sin. But with Jesus and with the new birth and with the power of the Holy Spirit and with progressive sanctification, we become slaves of righteousness. Now, some of us might say, well, it still says slaves. I'm still not free. But let me ask you a question. If you had a choice, what would you rather be a slave of? A slave of sin or a slave of righteousness? A slave of sin means you have no choice but to give in to every single one of your worst inclinations and tendencies. Yeah, you. some people might say, oh, I can control myself. No, that's only because of common grace right now, but that's because God's giving us the world a chance. He's sparing us from you with your completely sinful behavior. You know, sparing the world from me with my completely sinful behavior without his common grace. But without that, Imagine being a slave of sin, just always angry, just always fearful, always selfish, always insecure, always boasting. I mean, how insufferable would you be? <laughs> and let's look at the opposite end, a slave of righteousness, where you will be in Christ, you will be brave and kind and gentle, and patient. In fact, many of you listening to this, that's the journey that you've seen in yourself, that you used to respond a certain way, and then you realize, wow, I didn't know I could do that. Yes, you are being set free. You have been set free. In social science, they call this agency. Agency, it's defined as the capacity of individuals to act independently and to make their own free choices. To act independently, that's a consistent theme isn't it in uh, our leading in anxious times series in family systems theory to act independently and make your own free choices now you know people often think agency is restricted to external circumstances you know oh because you were a slave or because of oppressive economic structures or social structures and to some extent that's true and yet notice how jesus worked he didn't work by attacking those first and saying, now that I've removed every single positive, negative influence in the world, now you're free. No, he set us free from within. He set free people from within, changing our hearts, rewriting our spiritual DNA so now they could be free to act even within broken systems, even within oppressive social and economic structures. That's real agency. And I'm not saying we don't do our part to dismantle those things. But what I am saying is people who are still slaves of sin will only dismantle those things to erect new ones. And the only real people who can really dismantle these things are people who have been set free on the inside as well. And that's what you're there for, Christian leader. 
to have that choice. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 talks about the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And the last one is self-control. What a powerful concept that you can control yourself. That God is giving us the agency to choose. What a powerful thought. You know, you're not just the, uh, uh, you know, when we think of agency, it's, it's someone who has a choice. You're like the main character in a video game. You know, very often we think, you know, I don't have a choice. So you're like a, what, an NPC, a non-playing character in the game. You just have a line of code and you do the same thing every day. That's not you. You've got a choice. You have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables us to do what we can't do alone. And that's why I believe Christians make amazing leaders when we understand this and set, are set free in this. Because yes, on one hand, we are slaves, we serve. But on the other hand, on the other hand, we are also more free because of Christ. And this freedom allows us to be the kinds of leaders that would have an impact in society, that would bring healing and reconciliation where people only see brokenness and anger, we can be different. Why? Because we are free. Let me talk in this podcast five freedoms that I think every Christian leader has. And maybe you need to hear this now because you're stuck in one or more of these choices and you think you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You can feel circumstances. You can feel other people pushing and pulling you. And I'm here to tell you now that not just me, but the Bible, doesn't matter if Joe says it, but the Bible says that you are free. You have a choice. You have agency. What are these freedoms that we have? Number one, free to respond in the opposite spirit. We are free to respond in the opposite spirit. When people act out against you, you don't need to respond to them in the same way that they're treating you. Now, that's a powerful thought because very often that we say the opposite. When we're angry, when we're mad, well, what was I supposed to do? They started it. They were first. And if you've been listening to Leading in Anxious Times, that's not differentiation. Differentiation, remember that concept in the leader's responsibility, means I'm connected to you, but your choices don't determine mine. They'll affect mine. I'll be affected by you, but I still have a choice. I am an agent of my own actions. You know, we talked to uh, Pastor Adam Mabry a couple uh, episodes ago, and I still remember the first preaching I ever heard from him. That's how you know someone's a good preacher. You can't forget, you know, the first time you heard him. And um, one of the points he made was, in it, it, as being Christian leaders, he said, show, show kindness, expect hate, but return love. So I love the show kindness part. Yeah, that's pretty typical. Yeah, Christians should do that. But expect hate. And he showed us verses in the Bible where Jesus was like, you know, people aren't going to like you if you live my lifestyle among them. There's always going to be something they're not going to like about it. So, okay, expect hate and instead return love. You have a choice to respond in the opposite spirit. And I know that's hard. I know that's hard. I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, when someone attacks me online, when someone uh, attacks my friends online, when someone honestly is, is acting immature on Twitter, I really want to get in the muck with them and, 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 and wrestle that way. But that's, that's not the game we're playing. That's not 
the goal God has for us. Let me read to you a challenging set of verses. And I want to ask you to listen and lean in to these verses because they're, they're really convicting. And it's easy to think, wow, that's just exaggeration. No, it's not. This was a, a command written in Romans chapter 12. We Christians are expected to follow. Now, notice before I read it, you're, gonna, you're probably going to hear this. Well, who can do that? That's impossible. You're becoming a slave again. You're forgetting your own freedom. Jesus died to set us free, which means somehow when we see these commands, it's not him raising the standard to an impossible level and saying, jump, jump. Oh, no way you can reach that, huh? No, no, no. He's saying he's raising the standard to an impossible level, saying this is where it should be, but guess what? I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you there. Trust me. There's a poem that, that I like that really uh, stayed with me when I think about the, the commands of God. And I think about it and I think, oh gosh, this is so hard. Here's how the poem goes. It says, run, run, the law commands, but gives us neither feet nor hands. Much better news the gospel brings. It bids us fly and gives us wings. Let's compare. It says the law tells you to run, but it just tells you to run. It doesn't give you feet or hands to be able to accomplish what it says. And then he says, the gospel brings you better news. He doesn't just tell you to run. It tells you to fly, but then it gives you wings. It raises the standard to an impossible level and yet gives you the ability to do that. Run, run, the law commands, but gives us neither feet nor hands. Much better news the gospel brings. It bids us fly and gives us wings. Let me read these commands to you now. And before we flip out or feel too pressured by them, this is the gospel telling us to fly. But I can't fly. The gospel gives us the wings. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do this. Romans 12, 17 to 21. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. All right, let's stop there first. That's already a lot. Don't pay evil for evil. Do what's honorable. As far as it depends on me, live peaceably. I like that it says, as, as far as it depends on me. Because sometimes it doesn't, you know. Sometimes the person just doesn't, won't stop. And now you really have to cut ties or even protect yourself physically from the person. But he says, as far as it's up to you, you don't go on the offensive. You don't go in on the attack. And yet very often, people feel like they don't have a choice. Even Christians, well, this person attacked me. So now I'm going to attack them on, on Facebook. I'm going to attack them on Twitter. I'm going to shame them because of the mistakes they made. We're free not to be that way. Vengeance is mine. And then, you know, Paul takes it to another level. He says, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And, you know, we don't want to get into that right now, but you can research what burning coals on the head meant uh, and what the effect that would be on the person receiving this kind of treatment, treating the person poorly, but being paid back with goodness. And he says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know how we get overcome by evil? Yeah, when we get dominated by it, but also when we respond in kind. 
Because now there's still evil in the world. There's more evil in the world. But we overcome evil with good. That's hard. But as a follower of Jesus, you're free to do that. To respond in the opposite spirit. Some of you are in the middle of a crossroads right now. There's someone who's treating you poorly, offending you. Uh, and I, I've been there. I, I, I have those cases, okay? And I always, Lord Jesus, help me to respond in the opposite spirit. That was happening to me recently. I was getting really ticked off and I texted some friends. I texted our small group and I said, hey guys, you got to pray for me. I'm about to lose my temper with this person. I, I don't want to do that. And I know, I know that somewhere here is the grace from God to be able to respond in a different way. Because I'm free to respond in the opposite spirit. And so are you. Free to respond in the opposite spirit. Secondly, free to think for yourself and not be driven by what other people say. You're free to do that. And this is the point that really, you know, was, is connects the Adam's stop taking sides uh, book. Because, you know, very often when, when the world becomes stressed, when the world begins to forget God, when the world is just so driven by worldly wisdom, then it's, it's very polarizing. You're either here or then. We're completely against you. But as a Christian, we can think for ourselves. James 1, 19-20 says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Hmm. There's a lot of angry people right now. All of them claiming that their anger will produce some kind of righteousness in the world, make the world right somehow. But the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And as a follower of Jesus, you are free to step back and pause and say, mm, maybe I'm going to consider that. I don't need to be rushed into a decision right now. I'm not going to be pressured into that now. Free to think for yourself and not be driven by what other people say. You know, a big part of this freedom is because our lack of walking in this freedom is because we're con constantly filling ourselves with, <laughs> with social media and uh, you know seeing that example and so we think okay I'm just going to be I'm going to be just that angry every once in a while I'll, I'll go on and I'll see you know arguments and that's a typical thing but arguments among believers I find very sad because it doesn't have to be that way. And really, it's the medium. It's, why are we talking here? Why aren't we talking face-to-face? -face? Why aren't we doing this relationally? But we can. We don't need to do what the rest of the world is doing. Number three, you're free to overcome your worst habits. Woo, what a great idea as a leader. You know, there's things about you that make you a good leader. There's things about you also that make you a bad leader, just like there is about me that make me a bad leader. And what do we do very often when, we, when our flaws come out, when our tendencies come out? Usually we'll try to excuse it or, or cover it up. Or, but when it's inescapable, when it's right in our face, when it's so obvious that we are guilty of this, what do we do? One of the most common excuses we'll make is, eh, I've always been this way. This is how I really am. But to you, son or daughter of God, that's not true anymore. 
you will not always be that way. Yes, you might still have struggles. Who, who doesn't? But you will not always be that way. You will overcome your worst habits. What a powerful thought in leadership. One of my, <laughs> one of my favorite moments in leadership is when every once in a while, I'll do something that's uncharacteristic of me. I remember we, we had a, a training and there was a question and answer portion. And one of the questions had to do with, um, with you know, how to, uh, I'll tell you, okay, exactly what happened. So the question was, what do I do when my staff are being dramatic? That was the question. And... Uh, yeah, five years ago, Joseph, you know, would have read that. I would have read that and said, yeah, I hate people like that. You know what? You want to be in a drama club? Go join a drama club. This is the ministry. This is not a theater group. You know, I would have been dismissive and talking down like that. And I would have said, you know, yeah, I'm sorry I offended you. I, I just believe in being professional, okay? That's just how I am. I would have excused it. But this time, I, I, I got they passed me the mic and I said, you know what? Uh... Before I answer that question, the wording kind of concerns me because, you know, that word dramatic just seems to imply that the person is doing an exaggerated thing, that they're not really hurt. They're just acting out like this is a soap opera. And before we even begin to deal with that person, we've got to deal with our own hearts as leaders. That when someone's acting out, there's a reason why they're acting out. They're going through something. They're going through pain. And yeah, maybe they need to be corrected, but we need to come from a place of kindness and not dismissiveness, unlike the wording of this question. And I get it. You know, I would call people dramatic before, but I'm just going to say it's not helpful to think of it that way. Otherwise, you just think drama, drama king, drama queen, and the kindness will not come out. And as I said that, uh, suddenly I heard this shout from the back and... Uh, Pastor Ian Daguman, who leads ENC Metro Manila, and a few others stood up and, and gave me a standing ovation. And I just started laughing in the front. And I knew why. I knew why they were clapping because they'd, they expected the old response, the, the snide, the put-down, the sarcastic response. And they were surprised that, wow, Joe is growing. Our leader is improving. And my own staff gave me a standing ovation. Kind of sarcastically, but, you know, I took it as honor and I laughed and laughed. And afterwards, I went to the back and they were like, hey, good job. <laughs> good job, boss. And I said, you know what, guys? It, it, it's just really God. And that gives me hope for my bad habits that are current right now. And I'm sure you've got those too. You will not always be that way. Maybe for you, it's the opposite. You know, maybe, maybe some of you are like me. You know, you, you need to be kinder, more gentle. And you're like, I'm never going to get this right. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Follow Jesus. You will overcome that. Some of you are the opposite. You, you need to be more decisive. You need to correct or to confront more directly. And each time you're about to do it, you fold and you, you, you give up and you abdicate your position. You're not always going to be like that. In Christ, you are free to overcome your worst habits. It will happen. Maybe not instantaneously, but it will happen. Number four. We are free to love and serve others and not have to think of ourselves. What's the most common question that we think about, right? When, when, what, what, what always undermines our leadership? When there's a leadership chance to serve somebody, to be of service, but we're giving up of ourselves. What do we say? Well, what about me? I've heard this so many times in, in, in ministry. I've heard this in business. I've heard this in family. 
Do I forgive again? Do I let my wife do that again? Eh, paano naman ako? Look, yes, there's definitely a time you have to you, to draw the line, okay? And there's a book called Necessary Endings that's great for discovering that, for finding that out. But let me say this. For as long as God's telling you to serve, you can keep serving. And you trust to do that, not because your own rights are not important, your own well-being is not important, but because Jesus takes care of your well-being. Vindication, promotion, um, prosperity, all those things, that comes from Him. So imagine, imagine with me a leader who wakes up and is free to think about his team and look at his team and her team and serve the team and not think of themselves and how they're being perceived and making sure the glory goes to them because no, it's yours. I'll help you. I'll give it to you knowing that God's going to take care of them. How much more energy would go into the leadership role if we didn't have to manipulate our own well-being in the background as well? What a powerful leader you would be. Because you're just sure that God's the one who's taking care of my side of things. Christian leaders, you are free to respond in the opposite spirit. You are free to think for yourself and not be driven by what other people say. You are free to love and serve others because Jesus takes care of you. You are free to overcome your worst habits. Last one, and I think you're going to love this. You are free to rest. You're free to rest. Matthew 11, 28 to 30, a verse many of us know. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we lack rest, when we lack proper margins, when we run like a headless chicken from one thing to another, we've got to stop and ask ourselves, is this still God making me do this? Or is it someone else? Because if it's still God, then there will be grace. There will be strength and we can go to Him and say, God, you know, you, you, I need you for this. But if it's not God, why are we doing it? And so many leaders are driven not by a desire to hear, to please God, not by a clear call from God, but by obligation, by social pressure, by guilt, but whatever. And those are terrible drivers. They will use you up and spit you out and you won't feel better for it. No, no, no. God is a great master. And sometimes he'll tell you, take a nap. That's okay. There's a great book for that. You, you, if you haven't read it yet, it's called uh, The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg. I love that book. I was reading it with a friend of mine, uh, Ryan Tan, who used to be one of our campus uh, directors and pastors. Um, and we were studying together and we were just like burning the midnight oil, really studying so much because, you know, Ryan and I can really work like crazy. You put the two of us together and no one's resting. You know, we just feed into each other's workaholism. And he read that part and he said, one of the most spiritual things you can do today is take a nap. And Ryan said, got it. Closed the book and closed his eyes and took a nap. I was like, oh, I guess he's done. He's free to rest. Are you? And if you're not, and if you don't think you are, why not? Your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the king of the universe. Really the only true leader we have. Every other authority only has their legitimacy as they connect to him. 
as he tells me to follow them, I follow my boss because God tells me to. I submit to this government in certain things because the Lord tells me to. But he's really the true leader. The moment they break away from him, then I don't need to follow that. He's my true leader. And if him, my true leader, tells me to rest, who am I not to rest? I'm growing in this area too, okay? Because I'm like that. I, I get a thing on my to-do list. I get a thing on my calendar. I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. Without thinking, Lord, did you put this on my calendar or did I? <laughs> or did, did I think you put, you put it there and then maybe I was wrong and maybe it's time for me to, to, to reevaluate that. This happened to me recently in recording this podcast. I'm recording it now. Uh, but last night when I was supposed to be recording it, I just, I was exhausted. I don't know what happened to me. I was so exhausted, uh, just two stops, you know, most of the time we're working from home, but this particular day I had to work outside and had to do two stops and I was just so tired. I was falling asleep at my desk, I had a late night phone call at 11 p.m. and then I had to record this podcast and if in the past I would have plowed through it, I would have been like, oh, gotta do it, gotta do it, you know, and then Carla and Philip and Manu would have had to endure a grumpy rushing father and then i would have gotten sick the next day because i already felt bad and and then they would have to endure that as well but thanks be to god and honestly thanks to the, the leader's journey and this whole discussion we've been having about being honest with our emotions and bringing them to god and not being driven by them but at least acknowledging them i sat there and I looked at my wife and i said sweetheart you know what i really want to do right now i, I want to sleep this was 9 p.m i really want to sleep I don't want to record that podcast and I don't want to do that phone call. And she looked at me and she goes, well, you know what to do. And I prayed and I said, Jesus, are you telling me to sleep? Can I sleep, Jesus? <laughs> and I felt the peace. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's not a bad thing to do that. So I texted my 11 o'clock call. Can we do this tomorrow? Uh, I texted the, the, the team behind this podcast. And I'm like, look, I'm gonna rec can I record tomorrow? And both times were like, yeah, go ahead, do that. And I thought, huh, here I am. Normally, I would drive myself to the ground for this kind of thing. But because in Jesus, I, he is my Lord, I am free to rest. I had a great rest. And now I'm doing this. You are free to rest also. Because he is your Lord and Savior. He is your ultimate boss. And that's what I love about this idea of being free as a Christian leader. Imagine that. Imagine an entire society permeated with leaders who aren't driven by fear, by sin, by anxiety, by guilt, by obligation, by shame, by peer pressure. No, an entire society permeated, uh, uh, sprinkled with Christian leaders in every sector who are free. Who are running around thinking for themselves, responding in the opposite spirit, loving and serving others, overcoming their worst habits, and stopping and resting as they get the direction from their Lord and Savior. What a powerful thought. That's, that gives me hope for society. That gives me hope for humanity. And that's what you're a part of. So, as I end this podcast, yes, on one side, yeah, we leaders are bound we leaders are servants, we leaders are slaves, but we are sla slaves of righteousness, which also sets us free to do the things that 
that people who don't have Jesus, who don't have the Holy Spirit, could only dream of doing and will probably think, oh, that's even impossible. No one can do that. But, but you can in Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit. So, leaders, be free. Maybe some things you can do to stop and ask yourself is, what am I not free in right now? What bad habits am I indulging in as if I don't have a choice? What reflex responses and offenses and, and fights am I engaging in as if I didn't have a choice? What does the Bible say about that? How does God empower me to live differently? Where do I need to rest? And I'm not letting myself rest. You are free. It is for freedom that Christ set you free. You are free to be the child of God that you are and the leader that you are who will have a powerful impact on this world. Well, that's it for the ANC Leadership Podcast for today. Uh, we'll see you next week. Um, you can find the show notes and the Bible verses and the quotes that I've made uh, on encleaders.ph. And if you want to contact me about this podcast, you can reach me on my social media platforms, but specifically at, at Campus Joe on Instagram. That's the one that uh, I really spend time uh, engaging people on about this podcast, answering questions and all of that. Again, congratulations to those of you who won our competition. God bless you guys. Be free. See ya.